and uh, literally putting up with being okay is just not okay. Whether that's your health or your relationship or money, you cannot just put up with being okay because you have to create habits which are going to be successful. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. On today's show, we're going to do some code cracking. We are going to have the money conversation. It's a big conversation, I think, very timely. We are up to our 20th episode here at the Urban Property Investor. I think sometimes it's a wise idea to take stock and actually cover off some foundations of wealth. Yes, The Urban Property Investor is a show about property, but I tell you what, the biggest puzzle of being a property investor is actually fixing you. Yes, most people are pretty fucked up. And unless we fix ourselves, quite often we cheat ourselves out of big opportunities in life. Today is all about looking into our soul and bearing all. Yes, it's time to actually uncover whether we can be a successful property investor and create winning habits which can change the game forever, the game of life that we're all playing. So I tell you what, time to kick back, relax, grab a cup of tea Let's have some fun. Let's learn real estate. And I tell you what, I want to do a little bit of a shout out to a few people that have left some kind reviews. Now, I tell you what, I thank you all for listening. I think it's so amazing that I've got your ears, your earlobes, your earballs listening to my podcast. You could be choosing to listen to any podcast or any information on real estate and you're choosing to listen to me. So for all my listeners, a big shout out to you all. Got a few reviews. I tell you what, I think last episode I said I was getting on Prozac because I was depressed about not getting the reviews and people have reached out and given me a few reviews. We've got uh, at the top E shag, someone shagging E and E said... Hey, Sam, thanks very much. Uh, The absolute best. Thank you for sharing amazing knowledge you have. I find the podcast so informative, easy to listen to and understand. Keep them coming. I'll tell you what, big one goes out to Penny Loves Property. Sam Saggers, podcast on property investment is a must-have, must-listen for the ages. Sam shares decades of experience in a very down-to-earth and insightful way. He is the go-to alpha guy for becoming a property investor. An alpha guy. I don't think I've ever been referred to as alpha. I've always been the beta kind of guy, but thank you, Penny. I appreciate turning alpha all of a sudden. So let's kick off the show. I think it's so important, the money conversation. I mean, you could really uh, change your life with money and you you can really set yourself up for an interesting journey. Life is merely a journey of stories and the more stories you've got, the more interesting your life can be. I think a lot of people who think about the idea of money and wealth and change and influence listen to lots of podcasts, read lots of books and quite often attend every seminar but fail to do the basics of wealth. And really, the wellness of your wealth is so important, you've got to really start to play the game. Sitting on the sidelines and observing and reading and analyzing isn't really going to get you too far. If you want to fix your situation, you've got to absolutely play the game. And right now, the game is so cool. I mean, we are in a phase of economics, which is amazing. I love recessions. I love them. 
I love recessions because you get to play the game of money harder. You get to choose how to invest in a very, very interesting space. So right now, deflation of money is real and real estate is absolutely going to be a winner out of the back end of coronavirus. You cannot take $30 trillion being spent by G20 countries around the world and not feel the effect of that. The decision I guess most people have to make is are they going to play the game and get a piece of that money or are they going to miss this one? And I guarantee you, if you're not going to play, guess what? Someone else is going to play and get your share of the pie. Right now, the pie is being baked in the oven, 30 trillion global money, $30 trillion of global money being baked in the oven, and are you going to take your piece of the pie? And I think for many people, when we have the money conversation, it's a deeper conversation because here in Australia and listeners in New Zealand probably going to live a pretty long time. Fortunately, healthcare in both our countries are very, very good. What this does, though, it creates this elongated life cycle for people. You know, when superannuation was created, it was created because people passed away at age 65 around the time when you first needed to use your superannuation. In other words, super was never meant to be used. You were meant to be dead. Now you've got to live around 30 years longer than the last day that you finish work. You might finish work in your 60s, but you're probably going to go on a journey to at least 90 years of age. Every year that goes by, our life expectancy increases because technology and science gets just better and better and better. The quality of life is really the money conversation. Are you going to live 30 years of your life in a quality, dreamlike state? Or are you going to simply survive and not thrive? These are the big conversations we have to have with ourselves around money. And for you to really thrive you're probably going to need hundreds of thousands of dollars each year playing the game of money in your retirement. The Today, the pension, $36,000 per annum per couple, that is basic survival. That is not even living in a need state. That is below the need state. That is actually what we call pensioner poverty. Too many people are in the pension poverty game. Now, we're here to talk about money. I've been playing the money game ever since I was in my teens. You know, I grew up in a money state. I grew up with my real dad working in markets. When when your father works in markets, you learn that money is made at the market. Dad was a great market store holder at Paddy's Markets, a great marketplace in Sydney. Every day I would pop in and literally see what was going on at the market, seeing how people and the market interfaced. Of course, I tell the story in my first podcast of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I didn't need to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I kind of lived the idea of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I went on to work out through hanging around rich kids of the neighborhood who fundamentally really were my rich dads, how real estate actually created passive income, how real estate ultimately added so much income to where you wanted to go in life. Rich people had more than one income stream. Poor people had one job. So we're playing the game of money. And why we have to play the game of money, it is 
pretty brutal out there in the real world. In fact, being mediocre doesn't really get you very far in Australia or New Zealand. The fact that mediocre really just means you're going to end up on the pension doesn't really suit me that well. I'm, I'll be honest. Like, you've got to obviously do better because it is so brutally tough just doing the mediocre system, which is paying your superannuation, which is uh, accepting the fact that you're on the road to economic uh, challenge in life. So there's a concept known as the hedonic treadmill. And the hedonic treadmill is a simple concept. It means that whether we're rich or poor, we will actually find a level of happiness within ourselves, a level of balance. But a lot of people fall victim to the hedonic treadmill when it comes to money. They don't track where their money is going. And when you don't know where every cent is going, you're already in trouble. If you wake up every day, spend money, and you're not tracking how your money works, which bits are being invested, which bits are for entertainment, which bits are for uh, transport or, or energy costs or housing costs, you're already in trouble because quite often what happens when you're not understanding your relationship with money, you tend to go on these highs and lows psychologically around money and we call that the hedonic treadmill. You will feel a little bit ruffled and you will go and spend to make yourself feel better. Quite often that spending is on things which are just unnecessary to the game of money. The game of money is a fun game. When you start to play it, you're going to accelerate your world. But so many people get caught up in this hedonic treadmill lifestyle where they need to feel good, so they go and buy some things to feel good, but actually those things don't make them feel any better around a week later and they return to a more normal state of being which is a state of confusion so then they go and buy more things again most Australians and Kiwis are spending most of their money on the wrong stuff it shocks me and I'm sure it shocks you that one of the fastest growing companies in the world today is or the fastest growing industries in the world today is early wage lending. In other words, people cannot make it to day seven to get their paycheck. They're getting their paycheck early. They're lasting four days instead of seven days. That is frightening that most Aussies and Kiwis are going to have to go out and fast track their paycheck so that they can uh, pay their bills and survive the month or survive the week. Of course, a lot of that is actually the hedonic treadmill. People needing to spend to feel good. If they feel good, they can survive the week. Feeling good is not becoming wealthy. Feeling good is not replacing your income. All right, feeling good is just a state of mind. It's a temporary state of mind that the hedonic treadmill obviously offers. So we want to avoid the hedonic treadmill. We want to become wealthy. We want to absolutely create a system for ourselves which is going to work. So over the years, you know, I've created a bit of a batting average, a batting average of helping people, become successful from real estate. I've helped over 4,000 people create over $2 billion worth of assets. In fact, around $785 million worth of equity and $64 million worth of rental income, all tracked through the world's biggest CRM, Salesforce. So I've got a pretty good batting average of setting up a system of wealth. And 
I've been lucky enough to go on a wealth journey myself. Remember, I've been playing the game of money for a very, very long time. And the more you realize that waking up every day is about financially engineering your world, you can really open up so many different ways to be happy. And I tell you what, one of the happiest things I've been involved in is paying it forward through helping the establishment of schools in Laos, in Vietnam, in Sri Lanka, in Nepal, where Jason and myself and the team, we've all contributed to building some fantastic schools around the world, helping educate over 6,000 students. So money can take you on an awesome journey. And I think for me, I guess I've got a batting average when it comes to putting together a system that works, a batting average when it comes to supporting myself into a place where now money works for me, I don't work for money. And I guess for over my 20 years of being a property investor, I've been able to build a buy and hold portfolio of 21 properties, which eventually... I got to sell down some of those 21 properties to pay down the debt on the ones I wanted to keep. And I'm not debt-free completely, and that's because I still play the game of money. If I wanted to flip the switch and be completely debt-free, I can. I'm 45 years of age, and fundamentally, I could turn everything off tomorrow and sail off into the sunset I choose not to because I think still playing the game of money is so much fun and there is still so much more to be made out in the big bad world of economics. So my batting average is pretty good and I guess when it comes to investing, one of the biggest lessons I have for people is you've got to recognize investing is a system. It is an absolute system. Every day you've got to wake up and play the money game if you want to maximize the results from money. If you don't have a plan or you don't have a system or you're not following a model then you're probably not playing the game of money. And so many good people who are really good at other things struggle with the game of money. Whether that's an awesome police officer or an awesome school teacher or an awesome ambulance driver or a doctor or a lawyer or uh, an engineer, a lot of people are highly successful in their real job but when it comes to money, none of us are engineered to understand it. Quite often, our parents never taught us about money. Quite often, um, we were never educated around how to use money at school. So most of us leave school and leave our family nest not understanding anything about economics. And it's a real problem because if you want to save the world, you're probably going to need to have a few bob to go and do that to actually make a difference. And too many people are engineered to be good, happy taxpayers and not engineered to start to come up with the solutions that the world needs. And money really does provide solutions for the world. I know it sometimes feels like a big bad beast, but it's not. It's designed to do amazing things. And you look at some of the great innovators of the world, people like Tesla, they can't do that without money. That is just wishful, wishful thinking. So we've got to recognize that if you want to build wealth, you've got to create a system. If you don't have a system, you can use my system. 
to get to 21 properties is a process. You've got to buy real estate. You've got to then pull equity out, buy more real estate. You've got to refinance. You've got to fire banks. You've got to joint venture with people. You've got to create offsets on your real estate. You've got to do so much work to end up in a place where you've got ultimate amount of abundance of wealth from real estate. And really, the first part of the puzzle is just recognizing that wealth creation is a model. It's a system in itself. And if you're waking up without a system, then you're just really waking up and you're not tracking your money. You don't know where your money is going. And that is a big problem. That's probably the first part of most people's problems is that they just don't acknowledge that they need to track what their money does. So you're going to live a long time. You're going to absolutely live a long time. So how much money do you really need for a 30-year journey when you're not working? The first 30 years of most people's lives is about understanding themselves. The second 30 years is about making money. The last 30 years is about using the money you made in the second part of your life to have an extraordinary life. And I think a million dollars saved is not going to really support you in your retirement. You could spend a million dollars at $100,000 a year over 10 years. You need more assets than just a million dollars to retire happily from a long work life. So one of the fundamentals I think that a lot of people need to sort of realize is assets that produce income are probably going to be better than money just saved. I'm going through this absolute same situation with my mum. She today is getting carved up in the bank where fixed-term deposits are paying like 0.5 to 0.8%. She is a self-funded retiree with money which she's used to having in bank accounts. She realises that now that money is getting obliterated. She spends it hand over fist because she likes to have a bit of a life. Where that money is better served is actually in income-producing assets and real estate just happens to be one of the best. It actually pays you three ways. It pays you from growth, it pays you from cash flow, and it pays you for tax deductions and depreciation. It is a parallel income source to your job. Now, Warren Buffett said it the best, never depend on a single source of income. If you do, you're going to struggle. And too many people today just wake up and go to work and that really is their only income source. When I grew up, I noticed that the first thing rich people had was multiple incomes. And my entire life has been built around multiple incomes. Just so happens real estate has three of them, tax depreciation, cash flow and growth. Great multiple income source. However, to build a great batting average of 21 properties, I've had to do heaps of different things. I've had to work second jobs. I've had to uh, give up things which I would otherwise want to do. Just a little bit of pain to create a lot of gain in my life. You know, you can walk around society and you will find that some of the most innocuous people are invisible millionaires. People you have no comprehension are actually killing it because they follow a system. They create a circle of influence in their life and that system helps them create habits of success. And those habits of success, if it's designed around money, creates wealth. You know... Interesting enough, every sort of week we get to talk uh, in my workplace about money with people 
and we get to support each other in a money environment and we celebrate people's anniversaries at work and this week we've had two people have long-term anniversaries at work. In my business, we have around 79 people that work in the company. And this week, we celebrated Brennan's 11th year in the business. He started when he was a teenager. He's now 31 years of age. He has six properties. He is in what is known as the 1% club of people in Australia, which are fundamentally asset-rich but also setting themselves up to be cash flow rich in retirement. Only a small percentage of people in Australia, less than 20,000 people, have six or more properties. Brennan has spent the first 11 years of his economic life creating six properties. He's only 31. Where will he be when he's 41 or 51? Amazing, amazing result in such a short period of time. Hayley, who celebrated her fourth year this year in the business, has just settled this week her fourth property. What an amazing result. She is 27 years of age. Hayley joins 153,000 other people in Australia owning four or more properties. That means there is around 25 million other people who are yet to do what Haley has done. I think it's fair to say if you want to create a winning formula and be part of a winning system, you've got to surround yourself with a sphere of influence which is going to rub off on you. You know, we do say you are the sum of the five closest people you hang around. And guess what? Your mate Muggo is a top bloke, but if he's not thinking about money, potentially you've got to find some other people who will challenge you when it comes to that aspect of life. Doesn't mean you don't have to be mates with Muggo, just means you've got to think about your sphere of influence. Obviously, those two examples have a great sphere of influence, because every day we wake up and go to work and our sphere of influence is exactly wealth creation. It's a system. Haley's on the system. She has bought one property every year since she's been on the system. Why? Because Haley has habits of an invisible millionaire. Remember, you can walk down the street and people perhaps on the hedonic treadmill, might look great, but they don't have money. Sometimes the most innocuous people are doing wealth better. Haley has $2 million worth of real estate. She's 27 years of age. She will come back probably next year and the year after and get to the finish line quickly. You know, it took me... 20 years to get to 21 properties. In fact, I was talking to a guy the other day and he kind of felt like, Sam, you got to 21 properties. What the fuck took you so long? 20 years. And, you know, I had to say to him, mate, I wasn't looking for loopholes. I was literally uh, doing it the slow way. And guess what? The slow way worked. Too many people today are always looking for loopholes rather than actually just going, you know what, some years I'll be able to buy a couple of properties. One year I might have to renovate my properties. But fundamentally the journey is a long one because real estate is slow and it takes a bit of time to get where you need to go. Wealth is a habit and if you don't have the right foundations, you're not going to play the money game. So I guess why are you here? I mean, why do you listen to this podcast? What do you actually want? And I think one of the biggest questions a lot of people have around their life is why they exist, what their purpose is. And it's a pretty confronting question. I think there's a lot of pressure in society to explain why you exist. 
What's your why? why? Why do you do what you do? And my argument has always been I could never find my why. I had no idea what my why was. And I used to feel a little bit, I guess, ashamed that I couldn't uh, explain my why. Then I found wealth. And wealth just seemed to open the doors of so many different experiences in life that I eventually found my why. And I say that because I think a lot of people will find why they exist and that doesn't necessarily mean you, you exist just to spend money. It means you will find something you're passionate about if you're struggling to find it. I guarantee you if you harness the money space, you will just see so many different more things. You will travel to so many different more places. You will avoid Lake Weirdo. You will open yourself up to so much more opportunity that your why will be literally right in front of you and it will take you in a beautiful direction where you will carve out such a fulfilling, happy life. And I think you know one of the studies around longevity is happiness, right? And again, this hedonic treadmill concept where you've got to buy happiness, but then it's really fake is real, right? People suffer from that constantly. And when you find your why, you're not having to buy fake happiness. And a lot of that can be done through the muscle and hard work of being a great investor. And it just so happens... Property, to me, is the best asset class you can ever hope for. You know, one of the struggles, I think, is people want more, want more money because they can't actually manage what they have. That is one of the biggest things we see all the time. You know, people often comment on my Facebook or chat to me or I get to meet lots of new potential people and customers and I ask them, you know, where do they want to go and why do they want to do what they do? And quite often the answers shock me that people literally want an unrealistic result from real estate. They want to get wealthy in two or three years and then I drill down into how they manage their money and it's quite obvious. They want to get rich quick because they can't manage what they already have. I mean, I always say this, be wary of people who did get rich quick because quite often they can't manage what they got rich from. And it is just a little bit of the real reality check. You know, I was watching uh, the SAS show on television uh, for literally 10 minutes last night. I don't really watch all that much TV, but I flicked it on and the SAS guy who was doing this celebrity SAS thing kind of said the same thing. He said, the SAS are very wary of people that do not suffer because if you don't suffer, you actually don't learn experiences. And I think the same can be said for people who want more but can't manage what they have. They literally haven't had this kind of uh, muscle to become an elite SAS athlete. Or people who got rich quick haven't necessarily gone through the downturn to, again, be part of this SAS elite. So, I don't know if I explained that right, but we'll go with it. The reality is, a lot of property investors need to have a better relationship with money. And once they solve the money part, the real estate part follows. The money part is really one of the most important parts of the puzzle, because if your relationship with money is uh, wrong, you will actually suffer from being a property investor. You will not enjoy it. 
You know, most people don't retire financially free from real estate. A lot of people get some great results from real estate and certainly real estate can help people create more options in their life by buying one or two or three properties you can absolutely add to your wealth asset base and certainly be so successful from that small amount of investment. But to be financially free from property, 99% of people don't go the distance. They don't create a batting average of 21 properties over 20 years. In fact, most property investors actually don't have the mechanics to do that. They don't have either the psychology or the mechanics. Remember, the mechanics is the system. The system is every year we've got to do something with our money. Every year we need to do something with our real estate to buy more real estate. Real estate gives birth. If you work out how your real estate gives birth to another property, you're well on your way to being financially free. Haley has worked out how to, how to have four children from property. She had her first, that gave birth to her second, third and fourth. Brennan has done six. Again, these numbers kind of probably don't mean anything, but when you really delve back that real estate is about psychology, it's about a system, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Here in Australia... For people who own six or more properties, it's less than 20,000 people. For people that own more than four properties, it's 61,997 people, according to the ABS. That's not a lot of people. Remember, Australia has 25 million people. Haley is now one of 61,897 people. That is incredible. She is amazing. So I think what we need to kind of comprehend is that the mechanics of real estate is important. There needs to be a system you follow. There also needs to be some real reality checks around money. And if your money reality check is, is all wrong, you probably are going to end up like a lot of property investors end up. They get to two properties and then they stop. And they can't work out how to go further. Now, as I say, you can probably do really well out of just getting to two properties. But if you want to live financially free for the last 30 years of your life, you're probably going to have to push past five or six or seven properties so that you can live off passive income. You know, a lot of people's relationship with money is flawed. And time and money go hand in hand. The more time you sit on the fence, the more money you're going to have to make later in life. And I can tell you this, there are some rules of thumb around the rat race. Here are the rules. Inflation will eat away your savings. So money in the bank does not work. Inflation will kill you. You will never ever outwit inflation unless you invest. If you don't understand inflation, it just simply means the cost of living goes up every year sometimes exponentially on different products. Houses, when they go, they can go 10 or 20%. That is a huge amount of growth, which makes it even harder every year to get in. The inflation rate on property traditionally sits anywhere from 5 to 9%. Your cost of living goes up. And what you earn this year potentially is not going to be more next year. Your wages don't keep up with the cost of living. So remember, this rat race is why we play the game of money. We have to comprehend that we are in a rat race and the rat race is like a tsunami. It chases us. And if it catches us, 
it actually makes it even more and more difficult to get out because as we grow our families, as we do what we do, if we are not ahead of the wave, it absolutely hits us. So we need to understand the rules. And one of the biggest rules is you can never really work yourself to a wealthy place. Sure, some people do, they become billionaires. But for most people in society, their job is never going to make them wealthy. And having one income source being your job is not going to help you. The sooner you realize that, the sooner you can move on. And that might mean starting a parallel career, getting a second job, starting a side hustle, owning some side hustle, small businesses, investing in real estate, which has three forms of income, depreciation or tax, uh, cash flow and growth. And it really is not about how, you, how much money you make, it's about how you invest the money. Remember, the rules of thumbs of the money race, of the rat race, is about investing. And you can uh, find all sorts of people in life. And I tell you what, invisible millionaires are absolutely not making huge amounts from their job. You know, you'll find people who earn $100,000 a year are investing 50% of what they have in assets, in income-producing assets, and killing it. And then you often find people making two hundred or three hundred thousand dollars, investing ten percent of their assets. They're already ten percent in assets, and just not biting off enough to invest. Right. So it's not about how much you make; it's about how much you invest, and it's what you invest in. So I've seen literally flight attendants on $51,000 a year bite off buying five properties, turning them into rent entrepreneur assets from Airbnb and replace their income in literally a year. So there are methods and strategies once you dig deeper but you first got to have a relationship with money. You know, you will never save enough to live off in retirement. You have to invest in multiple income sources. Real estate has cash flow growth and tax, and that's why I really love it. We have had this conversation before, and I wanted really this podcast to go back and really just tackle the money conversation. I wanted the money conversation to be real to people because listening to podcasts, reading books is great. But again, we've got a lot of work to do. How many properties do you need to replace your income? And again, it really comes down to to how much you need, right? How much do you need in retirement? I've worked out for me, I need $9 million from really age 60 to age 90, $9 million. $300,000 a year allows me to live in a dream state that is passive, that uh, allows me to absolutely do what I love. You know, for me, if I'm not going on a holiday for one or two weeks every 10 weeks to an amazing place where I can create memories, I kind of uh, feel a little bit inept. And coronavirus has come along and it's kind of, Um, throw me around a little bit but I'll get back there but I tell you what if you can for me my dream state is absolutely creating life experiences walking across Japan floating out in the Pacific Ocean on a boat with three mates in the middle of nowhere literally for weeks at a time just enjoying the world so I love going on crazy adventures and that's my Uh, I guess, dream state. And to do that, you know, I need at least $9 million in my retirement years to do what I want to do. I want to spend 50 grand a year on creating memories. Why? Because 
I tell you what, I find life is about experiences and stories and it, that's just my version of the world. It might not be your version of the world. But for me, I can tell you when I catch up with my friends and loved ones and family, it's not about what kind of watch I have or car I have. It's actually about you know, the time I fell off a camel drunk in the middle of the you know, Australian desert. That type of thing is really my dream state, right? Now, you'll probably have a completely different dream state and that's cool. But the reality is, if you want to be come rich from property, you've got to own some, you've got to play the game, you've got to pay down debt, and you eventually will end up on passive income. You know, a lot of people live in a need state on that hedonic treadmill. Uh, they simply uh, survive and they don't thrive. And for you, you need to choose a number. I don't know what your number is, but let's just use an easy example. Let's create $100,000 in passive income. To create $100,000 in passive income at an average return of 5%, we're going to need around $2 million worth of real estate paid off. If you want $200,000, perhaps there's two of you, you need $4 million worth of real estate paid off. If you want even more than that, you're going to need, potentially you want $300,000. You need $6 million worth of income producing asset paid off. You probably want a roof over your head, so you probably need your own home. Hence why so many people don't retire financially free from property. A lot of people end up with their family home and one or two real estate investments, which is great, by the way. That is awesome and it's probably going to do much better than the pension. But if we really want to go for it and we really want to live of passive income, hit that dream state and avoid like weirdo, we probably got to actually even tackle even more action when it comes to the real estate world. Hey, my favorite book of all time is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I was actually lucky to write in Think and Grow Rich Property, a book that came out um, probably about 10 years ago. But Think and Grow Rich, the original, is just a cracker. And it's got so many ideas around wealth. Napoleon Hill, obviously, who masterminded the book, went out and found the billionaires of the world and really studied them to find out how they ticked and, and why they were successful. And I think we can learn a lot from the masters. I think a lot of people try and create their own model of the world when you can just borrow other people's. Borrow Napoleon Hill's version of the world and you will never look back. If you need a system that you can apply to wealth and money and you don't have one, you can borrow my system. So here's what Napoleon Hill writes in Think and Grow Rich. Habits of successful people. Why do so many people fail and why do some people succeed? Well, the first thing Napoleon identifies is people fail to define what they want. People fail to define what they want. Now, I think obviously what I've highlighted in this podcast today is really that. Like if you don't choose a system you will fail to define what you want. It doesn't have to be my system. It could be another system. But ultimately, if you want a property solution, you've got to define what you want. I want 10 properties over the next 20 years. Right, you've defined what you want. How are you going to do it? This is the puzzle of wealth. The greatest wealth book ever written tells you what to do. Choose a system. If you don't have one, make sure you get one going. The next really habit of successful people is not procrastinating. People procrastinate and pass the buck. And I think so often I meet people in this situation and it could be you. And really you need to change that about yourself if you want to open up ideas and do more in life. You cannot procrastinate. You cannot say, I'll get to that tomorrow. Every day money comes into your account from your job. What happens to that money? 
You need to know what happens to that money. And if you don't know, you are procrastinating. You are passing the buck. You are avoiding the problem. You know, dysfunctions of the team is avoidance. And you potentially are an avoider of money. A lot of people lack the interest to succeed, which is so true. And look, I have lots of lovely mates that lack the interest to succeed when it comes to money. Nothing wrong with those people in their, uh, you know, in their demeanor and, and their personality. Uh, I've got some great hippie mates that just love, you know, smoking weed and playing drums. And they are beautiful people. But they will end up poor and I let them know they will end up poor. They will end up at the end of their life uh, without the money and resources to survive on their own. And they're cool with that. And I'm cool that they're cool with that. And they've chosen and defined what they want, which I respect. So people will walk different paths and that's cool as well. But if you don't want to walk that path, smoking weed and playing drums, perhaps you want to fulfill your life with other adventures, potentially defining what you want and choosing a system, not procrastinating, is really a good idea. Remember, dodging the problem is a big no-no. Now, this is the fourth habit of successful people. They do not dodge problems. They tackle it head on. Every day, literally, Haley is waking up to not dodge a problem of money. She is waking up going, I'm at four properties. How do I get to five? She is thinking that wealth is planning, not avoiding planning. And so we need to comprehend that every time we look at our uh, bank account, and we've got money in there and it's not invested, we're actually dodging a problem, a future problem. We're just not identifying that the future, a problem is coming our way. So I think, you know, the greatest book ever written is giving us so many great tips, great tips. The fifth tip the book gives is putting up with being okay. And look, I've said this before, I've said it earlier. You know, most people are mediocre and I'm probably mediocre in many aspects. I've got a fat gut, a bald head and I always forget to shave. I'm mediocre in many parts of my life and uh, literally putting up with being okay is just not okay whether that's your health or your relationship or money, you cannot just put up with being okay because you have to create habits which are going to be successful. Remember, everything we do in life, we've got to do it at 100%. We can't go into a situation where just being okay with what we have, it doesn't work. You're going to run out of money in the money game. Putting up with... I've made a little bit of money, I'm going to be okay, is not going to work. You're not going to create $9 million worth of revenue in your last 30 years of retirement by putting up with being okay. A lot of people blame, and this is the next one. A lot of people blame. Oh, you know, I wish this would happen to me. If only I could have done this. I don't tend to want to hang around blamers. Um, they give me the shits a bit. But people do blame and friends, loved ones, I bet you've got a mate who's constantly blaming. Oh, you know, if I could just do this or I could just do that. Obviously, that holds people back and that is psychology. Blaming others for your doings is not acceptable. You've got to own your own shit and you've got to move forward. I think a real weakness that people have is not creating winning habits, whether that's in relationships, whether that's with money, whether that's uh, with health, whether that's in, you know, psychology. Winning habits change your life and the greatest person you can invest in is you. If you 
want to, you know, my advice, um, you know, go and do courses on uh, creating winning habits. You will literally never look back if you invest in you. And the greatest thing you can do with money, greater than being a property investor, is invest in your own education. So I tell you what, the greatest habits of successful people, successful people invest in themselves. And a lot of people, you know, struggle with this one. Oh, it's $1,000 to join or it's a, you know, the course is a four-day course and it's $6,000. Oh, you know, um, that is a weakness. You're not a winner if you think like that. You know, my business partner, Jason Witten, who's got a great podcast, by the way, The Wealth Faculty, go check it out. Uh, interviews successful people and all of them have winning habits. Jason has spent a million dollars on himself over his lifetime. He's close to 50 now. It's the big 5-0. A million dollars creating a winning mindset. And he's a multi-millionaire from doing that. And certainly uh, along my journey, I've also spent a bucket load of money doing things to create winning habits. Now, I'll tell you what, quitting is something that many people do when it comes to being um, uh, in the money markets. People will try something, it doesn't work, so they quit. They buy a property, it doesn't go up in three years, so they give up. They don't create a formula and they're not part of the system. Now, I'll tell you what, if I quit after my first property experience... Uh, I would have had a completely different life to the life I'm leading today. The first property I bought, I lost money. Um, it didn't go up. I bought something completely wrong. That experience, though, taught me so many things. And it actually enabled me to never quit. So don't look at the downside of something going wrong in building wealth. Look at it as a lesson to move forward. And I tell you what, some of the most successful people have an organized plan, which is the ninth concept of Think and Grow Rich. You've got to create an organized plan. Again, it comes back to the system. What system are you using? If you don't have a system, you need one. Finally, the last three, wishing and not doing. I think we know so many people who wish for wealth and don't actually get out there and take action. Again, you can listen to every podcast, read every book, or go to every seminar on real estate. But unless you go and buy some real estate, you're just wishing. As previously mentioned, people search for loopholes. And this is the really the strangest part of being around the wealth creation environment. So many people I speak to do not want to do it the way the system teachers wealth in real estate is a slow and steady process people want the loophole how do i do it in five years sure there is a way i haven't worked it out but i tell you what i'm not looking for loopholes i'm happy with the 20-year wealth creation plan from real estate when you start to look for loopholes you start to go from investor to speculator you go from investor to betting to gambling. And when you're a gambler, you should really, really, really take a good look at yourself. And if you're absolutely throwing out that kind of vibe, you know, give yourself a dead leg. It's time to hunker down because you know what? Investing in real estate is hard work. It's hard work. And a lot of people want to avoid the hard work just like the SAS show. The final part of the puzzle, habits of successful people. A lot of people fear failure and fear the risk of investment. And I tell you what, once you can overcome that psychology, you will never look back. Don't ever fear to fail. Be inspired to succeed. Hey guys, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I've enjoyed bringing it to you. Feel free to leave me a review, just like Penny did. Thanks so much for your time. You have a great day wherever you are. Uh, Sam Saggers signing off.
Thanks for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. And I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.